Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. We are the church. Can you say it with me? Oh, come on. Let's try it on one more time. We are the church. Thank you for the shout over here, Tim. Hey, you know, we're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks. Next week, we'll take a break just to celebrate uh, Pastor Adam and Shandy. Um, But after that, we'll get right back into this. This series is going to run for a few weeks. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled about this series. I think it's a great way to start the year. And uh, so, so we're going to have some fun. But before I get into the message and the content today, I just want to give you sort of like a, a family update for the West Shore specifically. I'll just give you a brief history. As you may know this, but it was in 2016 when this community first was launched. And um, so that's seven years ago. And it was a, a wonderful dream to have um, a life-giving church in the West Shore Um, that was kind of flowing out of the vision of Coastline in Victoria. and But I want to back up because before that became a reality in 2016, it was actually 10 years ago in 2014 where God put a dream in our hearts. Um, And I'll share it in this way. It was like a vision that the Lord gave me um, that was back in 2012, but then became like really solidified in 2014. I know I'm taking a trip down memory lane, but this is important. In, in 2012, I really felt like the Lord impressed upon me a picture of our Victoria location as a hub with all of these, um, for lack of a better word, conduits, these pipelines kind of flowing out, and they were energized. They were actually electrified, and they were going to all of these other locations, flowing from there out. And, and so I, I felt like in my heart at that point that what God was saying is that the Victoria location is supposed to be a conduit for multiplication. And it's supposed to just flow out and keep flowing out. And so that was in 2012. And then in 2014, we really began as a leadership team to understand the principles of, of multiplication and, and what it feels like, looks like to be a multi-site church. And so then between 2014 and, and 2016, we began to dream a dream. And we believe God said, go here to the West Shore. And through all the ups and downs, and even through COVID, and then post-COVID where we are today, can you believe it? God is so faithful, and this is such an incredible community. Can someone say amen? So over that time, there's been um, a number of, of volunteers and a number of leaders that have been a part of that story. But I want you to know the story continues regardless of who's leading at that moment, because God has leaders for seasons. There's no doubt. There was a time where Moses died and he passed the baton, right? There's a time when Joshua was done and he said, you guys now lead your families the way that you should, right? There's always a shift in leadership, always a change. And so we're enduring that now. And we've talked about that already. But I want you to know how excited I am for this next season. And what I've determined is that it's never, never best to go backwards to think about what was, but we need to be forward-thinking people about what God wants to do. So although I took you on a trip down memory lane, the whole point of it was to say, guys, we're still on target. We're still on mission. We're still fulfilling the vision. 
And I want you to know that as we take another step, what we're going to do is we're going to be careful. We're going to be discerning. We're going to be wise. And we're going to move slowly. And so I want you to know that it's never the best practice to just see a leak uh, in the dam and stick your finger in it, right? Just to plug the hole. We need to look and see what's God doing right now? What's God doing in this place? What's God doing in this community? And, and remember, West Shore is one piece of the larger community of Coastline Church. And as one piece, you know, not only did we, are we seeing Adam and Shandy move on, but we had Lucas and Trina in the Victoria location and, and actually uh, several staff. And I'm, so I'm going like, okay, Lord, first of all, is it me? No, thank God it's not me. I, I'm pretty sure it's not me. You can ask Adam yourself, okay? I'm pretty sure we're still really good friends. But, um, but God must be doing something new. God must be up to something new. And I want to tell you that when that happens, it might feel a little unsettling and a little strange, but this is good. It's good when God does new things because it means that there's forward movement. That means that God is um, um, breathing life into new people, calling new people. And so I'm excited to tell you that what we've decided to do in both the Victoria location and in the West Shore is to go into a time of discernment. We're going to watch. We're going to learn. We're going to see. And we're going to ask God what the future might look like. But that doesn't mean that we're without forward motion or vision for today. Because God has blessed our church. And we have layers of incredible leaders. And so rather than going out and trying to find um, Adam 2.0, we're going to discern what's God doing right now. And in that process of discernment, God has given us the leaders that we need. In fact, you know what God said to me? All the leaders you need are in the house. And that's a pretty exciting thing because it, it speaks to the development. It speaks to the maturing, the mentoring that's going on in the house. And so I'm excited about that. So are you ready for this? I want to tell you what's going to be happening um, in, in the next uh, season. So what we've determined to do is in that time of discernment, we wanted to give leadership here in this local context. And so I've asked uh, Pastor Laura and James Lira to serve as interim campus pastors here in the West Shore. Yeah. Guys, why don't you stand up for just a minute and, and give a wave. Uh, I, you know, I'll get opportunity. Uh, I won't make you, I won't make you uh, say anything today, but in, in a week or so, uh, actually two weeks, uh, you'll get to hear Laura preach and she can share her heart a little bit more there. But just let me say this. Laura and I have worked together at Coastline for 17 years. Um, you probably don't even know that she could be working uh, this long because she's so young, like so young. Um, but, you know, they can tell you all about their beautiful family, their three amazing kids. Um, oh, yeah, there's Grandpa right there. Yeah, there's Grandpa. Um, but, wow, what a, what a gift they're going to be to you. Um, they're going to serve you well. Laura has wisdom and giftedness. Um, she has the heart of our house in such a beautiful way. She knows what coastline, uh, the values of coastline are. She embodies them. She actually um, uh, leads at a high level in our Victoria location, so she's going to leave quite a hole uh, in coming to the West Shore. And so, you know, the Lord's helping us move all the pieces around. So I'm so thankful that Laura and James have said yes. The thing that you should know about James is he's a gifted worship leader um, with an incredible call on his life. Um, for the body. And um, I, 
I think I'm right in saying you would be third generation then ministry. Is that right? Yeah, following dad. And um, dad's here today, a uh, wonderful pastor um, in, in, on our island. And, uh, and so there's a deep history here um, with our church, with this island, with the call of God. And so I am so thankful to put you into good, good hands. Um, and so what you, you need to know is that you're probably going to see me a little bit more in, in the pulpit, um, or in, in the table, behind the table. I'm going to come and preach a little bit more. Um, you will hear from Laura. We're going to move back to a model that we had um, started West Shore with and then continued that on until Adam came. Um, and that's where we shared the preaching. So we're going to work really hard not to kind of fly in and fly out. You've seen us do that a couple of times. Um, we can't always help that, but the goal would be that whoever's preaching here in the morning um, would be here the whole morning, be able to stay, connect, and uh, interact. Um, and that's our goal. So you'll probably see more of me. Um, the other thing is, is if you kind of go, there's probably not very many of you that do this, but if you kind of go back and forth from the Victoria location to the West Shore or from mornings to nights, we're going to encourage you not to do that. I'll tell you why. Because in this model with shared communication, it, we're looking at each communi community specifically in what they're getting for content. So if you are here one week and somewhere else the next week, you might hear the same sermon twice because we're sharing the leadership. So lock into a community. That's what it's really about. It's about your family. It's about the community. So lock into your community. Stay there. We're going to serve you well. And you're in good hands with James and Laura. So next week is a celebration and a goodbye for Adam and Chandy. And then the following week is a welcome and a hello uh, with uh, uh, James and Laura. We're going to have the Liras with you um, from now on moving into the future. So love you guys. Thankful for your yes. Behind you 100%. And uh, we got good days ahead. We really do. We really do. I'm sure if I gave you the mic, you'd have something to say. But I just wanted them to see you. That's all. Glad you're here. You can chat with them afterwards. Ask them all your hard questions today, just so we can get, get it over. No, just kidding. Please don't. Please don't. All right. So can I preach now? All right. So this is week number one in our series called We Are the Church. And... Um, and I actually just want us to say that together. Can we say it one more time? Come on, Tim, you got to lead us. We are the church. <laughs> That's good. That guy's on the greeting team, hey? I think, I think it's so wonderful to be a part of the local church. I really believe in the local church, and I'm, I'm sold out to it. Um, I, I don't think there's a plan B. I think this is Jesus' idea, and I'm so glad to be a part of the church. But I had a problem as I kind of grew into ministry. I've been in ministry for 30 years. And, and, and in the beginning stages, uh, when I began to, to consider ministry, I started reading the Bible, and I had a problem. I had a problem because there was a difference between what I read in the Bible and what I experienced at church. I had a problem because what I would see is, you know, kind of growing up in church, I saw many Christians. But what I read in the Bible paled, um, you know, in comparison, in reality, with what I saw in the church. And I always felt like, you know, my church growing up had good intentions. Sometimes it was boring. <laughs> uh, it was easy to feel kind of disconnected. Um, I would say that it was kind of annoyingly safe. There was never anything that happened that was kind of like, let's stretch ourselves a bit. But when I read about Jesus, how many of you know there's nothing safe about him? 
When I read about Jesus, he touched lepers. He befriended prostitutes. He, he enlisted tax collectors into his crew. You know, some in church have, you know, you've seen people in church that you would say maybe they're narrow-minded, maybe judgmental, maybe hypocritical. Yet the Jesus that we see in the Bible loved those who hated him, blessed those who persecuted him, welcomed those that religion rejected. So my problem was when I started reading the Bible and I started to look at the church, I saw that there was a disparity there. And so throughout my life, it's been a desire to create um, opportunities for that disparity to be rectified or at least relieved in some way. And 10 years ago, I, I actually just celebrate uh, 21 years uh, at Coastline Church in September this last year. But 10 years ago this April, Coastline Church developed a very clear mission. And I want to share it with you. You probably have heard it before, but this is it, to help people take the next step in their spiritual journey by revealing the life-giving message of Jesus. That's our heart. It's why we exist. It's what we do. It's our clear mission in the world. And this is our way of saying that we will be a Jesus-honoring church where we can say everybody's welcome, everybody's needed, and everybody's encouraged to grow and change. It's that kind of a church because we believe spiritual growth is based on movement, not on attendance. It's based on movement. And so we say move, take a next step. And, and also help us move others because there's people behind you that need to know that they too can step forward. That's why we share videos like we did with Freedom and stuff. We want you to take a step. We want you to move, move with us because everybody has a next step. And this series is based on who we are. We are the church. Thanks, Tim. You might have to, you might have to come downtown next week so you can shout with me, okay? I want to look at Acts chapter 2. After the resurrection of Jesus, Peter stands up with the Holy Spirit inspiration and preaches a sermon, and 3,000 people are saved, and the church is born. And the first church that was born was a mega church. I'm just saying. It was a big, big church. 3,000 in one day. What a problem. That would be crazy. But I want, to, I want to now just kind of look at the DNA of this church for just a moment at a particular place, a particular text. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I'm going to read this whole section, and we're talking about this is the church. They devoted themselves. Everybody say that, devoted themselves. That's a really key thought today. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. And enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. This, to me, is a picture of what happens when lives get transformed. Things begin to change. This is the church. 
And as I mentioned at the beginning of the message, I had this problem of reading the Bible and looking at the church. And, and I'm going to give you what I saw growing up. I'm going to give you what I'm calling the modern day version of this passage. Are you ready? If it was written today, unfortunately, in some cases, it might have to be written this way. They were devoted to their comfort, to their happiness, to their personal goals and dreams and their bucket lists. No one really noticed the Christians because they focused on themselves. Very few of the believers were together. And when they were, they fought about stupid things. If they sold anything, they used the money to buy something else for themselves. And they claimed to love God, but they didn't even love each other. So they felt empty, alone, and depressed. And as a result, most people disliked them, and very few lives were changed. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, modern day version. <laughs> Obviously, friends, God has something better for us, hey? Obviously, that's not God's plan. God has something better for his church, different results, different mindset. And so today I'm going to take just a few minutes and talk about three mindsets for our church out of this passage in Acts chapter 2. Are you ready for this? We're going to use we will statements, okay? So I'm going to give you the first one. It's this. We will be an intensely devoted church. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You know, one of the most important words in all of the New Testament is this word translated devoted. It, when you say it in the Greek, it's proskaterio. Try that on again, a bit. Proskaterio. You want to say it? Proskaterio. Proskaterio. And proskaterio has an incredible meaning. Are you ready for this? This is the word translated devoted in your Bible. It means this, to live in a constant state of relentless pursuit. Persistent, ongoing, obstinate devotion. Some of you are obstinate. You should be obstinate about devotion. What an incredible, can I read the definition again? Think about it. Proskaterio, to live in a constant state of relentless pursuit, persistent, ongoing, obstinate devotion. So now all of us at different times and in different places in our life carry this idea of devotion. We carry this proskaterio, but sometimes it's directed in a different, a different focus. It's like, I, I'm proskaterio about my kids. I'm proskaterio about my career and about my hobbies. I'm proskaterio about my lifestyle, about my financial success, my house, my, my vacation. I'm proskaterio about getting Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> but the first Christians, this first century Christians, they weren't casual. You see it? There's nothing casual about it here. They were not comfort-oriented, cultural Christians. They were full-on, all-in, sold-out. They were fully devoted to Jesus and his church. And because they devoted themselves, God did such amazing things. So we're here in January. Did you know you, after today you have 50 Sundays left in 2024? So you got a lot ahead of you. This is a great time for reflection, isn't it? Can you imagine if you chose to relentlessly pursue and and have obstinate devotion to reading God's word, to serving in the church, to, to, to your small group, to giving, to praying daily. Can you imagine if proskaterio found itself into those areas of your life, 
Can you imagine what kind of person you'd be at the end of this year? Can you imagine what kind of church we would be at the end of this year? I mean, I think it's a great challenge, but I think what it is is today, it's not really about challenge. God wants to give you a vision for that in your life. I'm not interested in making you feel bad so that you go, okay, Andy, I'll read my Bible. What I'm interested in is the Holy Spirit descending upon your life and giving you such a burden for his goodness and for his word that there's a relentless pursuit in you because I can't fabricate that. But the Holy Spirit sure could do that. So maybe there's just this openness today to like, God, give me a vision. Give me a vision for what a relentless pursuit of you might look like in my life. Be intensely devoted church. That's what we want to be. Be an intensely devoted church. Second thing is, we will be an irrationally generous church. <laughs> we will be an ir irrationally generous church. I see that in the scripture. Did you see it with me? It's quite incredible. Remember, they sold possessions and they gave to anyone who had need. And the result is everybody had what they need. But here's, here's what the verse says. It says it so beautifully. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. Oh, I want that. I want that. God's grace to be so powerfully at work in them that, that there were no needy persons among them. So this isn't a picture of people paying their taxes and the government meeting the needs. This is a picture of the church at work. This is a picture of the church doing its job. And friends, I want you to know this is the story of your church too. This is the story of your church. God's grace has worked so powerfully in you. We have this incredibly rich history of generosity. I remember reading about Colwood Church, and they just celebrated their 50th anniversary, but I read back to the beginnings when, when Coastline Church, back in the 40s, um, decided that they wanted to plant churches. And in, sometime in the late 60s, no, mid-60s, they, they that's, that's a long time ago, they gave $200,000 to start Colwood Church. And now they just celebrated their 50th anniversary, and they're a thriving church in the West Shore. I mean, don't go there. You should stay here. But, like, I'm just kidding. I love them. Sean's amazing. The team's amazing. If you'd rather go there, go there. That's fine. But the, the point is, the point is, like, that's the kind of history we have. I mean, the millions and millions of dollars that have been given away over the generations from our church to serve the greater body. You have a history of generosity. It, it, you, you embody it when you're a part of Coastline. Generosity that goes so far, it goes into global work. It goes into meeting local need. It goes into church planting. And, and I want to give you an example of that. Because 2023 was a bit of a scary year interest rates went way up, you know, there was unemployment, there was lots and lots of challenges, there was, you know, like, wow, crazy. Um, do you guys remember a, a $10, uh, 10, I think it was $10.99 for uh, one head of cauliflower? Do you remember that? I was like, I don't even like cauliflower, <laughs> especially for 10 bucks, right? So that's, there's nine reasons to not buy that, right? Um, but you remember that. That's like crazy. And so we've had this financial slowdown, really. But in, uh, in 2023, did you know you gave more than ever before as a church? More than ever before. The numbers aren't fully in, and I can't tell you the exact numbers, but I've got ballpark numbers that are just firing me up today. I'm so pumped to share this with you. At the height of the financial slowdown, you gave more than ever before. I'm talking about what you gave re in your regular giving, 
and then what you gave in your over and above giving. Some of you are committed to regular giving out of your income, and then you do stuff for kingdom builders. You do stuff for projects. And I'm just so pumped about this. Did you know that I dreamed? I remember when kingdom builders, when we were just building that concept of kingdom builders, I was like, Lisa, wouldn't it be amazing if someday Coastline Church gave a million dollars to kingdom builders? That was like a dream. Over and above the, you know, the tithing and the regular giving for global outreach, for local church expansion, for future Christian leaders. Well, I'm here to tell you I need a new dream because this year you gave a million dollars to kingdom builders. What? That's irrationally generous because it doesn't do anything for you. It's about those who don't know. It's about the world. It's about the globe. It's about a daycare space for, for children during the week. And some of you are going, hey, whatever happened with Heart for the House? You talked to us about that. You said the most we'd ever done is just under 300,000. I want you to know that, and these are rough numbers, that as of today, over $610,000 came in for Heart for the House, which was to help us with that, to build that daycare to serve our community. I mean, yeah, and we're weeks from opening that daycare, by the way. Some of you are going, thank God, I need a place for my kids. But I just want you to know, this is, this is an irrationally generous church. And I just love it because God is doing something powerful through you. We are the church. Come on. We're the church. And we will lead the way with irrational generosity. Why? Because we truly believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive. We actually believe that. It's so, so good. So we'll be an intensely devoted church, Proscatario. We'll be an irrationally generous church. A million dollars. I can't believe I still can't believe it. And, and thirdly, we will be an irresistibly loving church. Irresistibly loving. <laughs> you know that love is our best testimony? And, and, and it's gotten a little funny to try to love because, because of the way love is defined in our culture. Um, and yet, I still believe love is irresistible. And I think love will win the day. Love inside. Like when you come on a Sunday, I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel welcomed. I hope you feel that there's an invitation for you. And, and, and then, man, then you find a small group and you feel the love of friendship. You feel the love of support and care. And, and I, I believe that we can, we can be a testimony of love on the inside, but we can also be a testimony of love on the outside. And that's what's happening with Welcome Wagon, with, you know, over 220 families welcomed this year or last year, you know, this is, these are new immigrants to Canada who are finding their feet because we're just loving them. We're just saying, you're welcome here. We're going to help you find your way. With ESL classes out here in the West Shore, great ESL. It's an opportunity for people. That's, a, that's an outward invitation. We have these mini markets. We have like four of them around. And we feed people 52,000 pounds of food a year goes out. And that just wasn't enough. So, so we opened a farm. Coastline Farms will run again this year. You see, these are our ways to love on the outside, globally, loving all around the world. Man, if I had time to tell you, and I really don't, but I'm going to anyway. We're talking about Brazil and Thailand and India and the Philippines and Honduras and Italy and Myanmar and all kinds of other projects, including the Ukraine and Egypt and Turkey 
There is, you know, there was, these are all places where we got involved globally this year. And I'm talking about $200,000 of involvement in a world of need. That's response to the, you know, the, the uh, war. That's in response to um, the uh, earthquakes in Turkey. I mean, man, you're a generous church. And these are the things that God has called us to do. And we get to love on the outside. This new daycare is going to give us the opportunity to love 150 families with those spaces that are available. And so here's a key thought. Okay, I'm almost finished. A key thought is this, that love is on display in our unity. Did you know that? When we function together, love is on display. In fact, remember what it said in our text. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's unity, together and in common. In our passage today, the word together shows up three times. And it shows up three times because there's this picture of them. They were together. They would meet together. They would eat together. They were doing life together. There was unity. And this is a time of change for for the West Shore. And you know how we honor God in this? Together. We stay together. And we pull together. And together... We have a testimony of unity for the world around us. And we, we honor God. We honor God by falling in love with his work through his church. We honor God this way. And we see things like we're not spiritual consumers. We're spiritual contributors. Amen? And we see things like the church doesn't exist for us. We say we are the church and we exist for the world. Amen? I'm not here to consume. I'm a part of this thing. This is me. I am part of the church. We are the church, and we exist for the world. The church is not a place I go. I am part of the church. The church is us. We're the church, the body of Christ. When we say this, and when we know this, and when we live this, love becomes our testimony. And it's utterly irresistible. To the world around us because this isn't how people live we, we live in a self-centered world and when we're others focused it's irresistible people are saying you actually care about me you know, I don't have to protect myself from you I don't have to fight for my rights I don't have to dominate with my my posture I can actually be safe yeah yeah because love is our testimony And it's utterly irresistible. And the result? Acts 2.47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The result of love is fruit. It's transformation. It's growth. It's next steps. It's what we want. It's what we're called to. And so God gives us this opportunity to be irresistibly loving. And so come on, Coastline, let's be the church. Let's be the church. I want to pray with you. Let's bow together for just a moment. Oh, I just feel like there's some people in here that are getting that image from the Lord, that vision that the Lord wants to give you. There's a yearning in your heart for what these next 50 weeks could look like, the next 50 Sundays could look like. And some of you are saying, I choose to be proscatario. I choose to be devoted to God to be generous, to be loving. I, I, I choose it. I choose to use my words, to use my, my actions, to use my giving 
to make a difference. I'm making that choice today because we are the church. Some of you today, you're here and you've come with your own doubts. You've come with your own fears. You've come with your own brokenness. You've come with your own weight of sin. And I just want to invite you to come to Jesus. I want to invite you to come to Jesus because Jesus is a safe place. He's a safe place to believe and a safe place to belong. His love is utterly irresistible. And he draws you with his love. He calls you to his side. He has an embrace for you. He has a belonging for you. Come to Jesus. It's been the cry of the church for 2,000 years. It's my cry for you again today. Come to Jesus. Lay down the brokenness. Lay down the sin. Lay down the doubts and the fears. And be safe in the embrace of Jesus. You know, the Bible says whoever calls on his name will be saved. And so would you call out to Jesus? Are you here today? Do you need Jesus? I want to invite you. Come to Jesus. Say, Jesus, come and take my life. Come and forgive my sin. Heal my brokenness. Deliver me from fear. Wrap your embrace around me, Lord. I, I need you. I believe in you. And I want to belong. Lord, we're in your hands. And we believe that we are the church. And 2024 is our year to shine. And so, Lord, we choose to proscatario church, to relentlessly pursue your best for us in 2024. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just think about this final verse. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, stand to your feet. Come on, let's sing a song of praise.